Okay, unstandardized English here. I am Dr. J.P.B. Gerald. You know this if you listen. Uh, this show is where we talk about the linguistically, racially, and neurologically minoritized. And in this episode, we'll do something different. I'm talking to my friend Keith Stewart, who's done the show before. Last time, which was honestly almost two years ago, right? Or was it last year? Huh? I don't really remember. Um, we talked about trivia, right? And uh, we talked about the whiteness of trivia and so forth. In fact, I think it was two years ago. Um, yeah, it was two years ago. And um, now we're talking about something else. We're talking about baseball. And if you don't like baseball, maybe you don't like this episode, but um, we're going to talk about some of the same things I talk about, right? Because basically what we're going to do is we're going to do a Hall of Fame ballot every year. New people are, are, are eligible for the Hall of Fame, and we're going to talk about who we would choose for the Hall of Fame. But it's not just who are the best players, right? We, we, we do consider social issues, right? Because there's a lot of people who've been implicated in, like, domestic violence, a lot of people who've been implicated in, in steroids and stuff like that, and we, and we weigh these things against. And I think you'll hear a lot of valuable issues come up in the conversation. Mostly I want to talk to my friend because he just moved away, but I think it'll be an interesting episode. But if you're like, oh, my God, baseball, I don't know anything about baseball. Okay, fine, don't listen. But I think you'll, if you like listening to me, you'll enjoy hearing this conversation because we really get into some stuff. But I, that's not the intro, you know, and the book is still out. The link will be in the show description. You know that. Um, you should buy it if you haven't bought it yet. If you're someone who, look, more people have bought the book than listened to this show. So at this point, if you listen to the show and you haven't bought the book and it's not just because you can't afford it, you just don't want it. I don't know why you would listen to the show. Like the, the, the book sounds like me talking on the show. But I want to talk about something different in this introduction here. So every couple of months, my family and I consider what we would do in the future. Should we move? You know, because right, let me be real brass tacks about it. I live in an expensive area of New York. Now, New York is already expensive, but this is a particularly expensive area. It's not like the Upper East Side, like a lot of old money, but I live in Long Island City. Long Island City is just a place with a lot of glass apartment buildings. And we moved here almost six years ago. From Astoria, which is a much more, you know, normal-ass person place, right? Which is where I lived. I had a roommate, so forth, and then um, and then my wife, and we moved into a different apartment in Astoria. And then my wife has some chronic illness issues, where you know, at least back six years ago, because it's it's actually gotten better since then. But like walking a long way um, could be an issue for her. And where we lived six years ago was like a pretty, like seven eight minute walk from the subway, which is, again. That's not far in the grand scheme of things, but in New York, it's kind of far. And then you had to walk upstairs. And like, she just, it was, it was a challenge for her. And I got a new job, not my current job, but my previous job, which was a pretty significant increase from my job before that. And so she said, you know, we can probably afford a more high scale place. And then we went and we looked at it. And if you look at one of these places, like you can afford it. And you look at one of these places, it's really hard to be like, no, I don't want to do that. So we did it. And we've been here since then. You know, was it a great financial decision? You know, we definitely had more money in our pockets if we had stuck with a normal ass place. But, you know, we, we, we've been able to, it's been much easier for the kids than it would have been in the other places because they can help us with mail and, and so forth. And I'm not really sitting here trying to complain about my life. It's not, that aspect of my life at least is not hard. We live in a, a fancy apartment, right? And we think about what we want for our future, and we have no particular designs on buying a place 
for the sake of buying a place so that we can accrue money because frankly we both know we we don't really want to take care of a house so we also don't have we would also have to sacrifice a great deal to have enough cash to put down to take to buy any kind of house that we wanted so you know we're looking at renting and i've i've told folks on this podcast and in different places what my long-term purchasing plan is and it's things like i do want to buy land in south carolina where my ancestors were owned as sort of a revenge thing um but that's gonna take a while but for now we'll be renting in different places and and, um, you know, we think like where, and, uh, you know, we, we don't live very close to her family. Her family lives in New Haven, um, which is two hours away from here. We can go up there pretty easily, but they can't just pop over. Um, and my, my, my parents can get here, but you know, it's just, I can't like, we have cousins and, and siblings and stuff, or she has those and we can't, you know, that among her siblings, they like watch them and uh, watch each other's kids and you don't, you can't do that and he doesn't know his cousins very well we'd like to change that so we're thinking about moving closer and before i even talk about where um you know i've said a lot on this show and in my book about how much i don't like suburbs to me what i mean by suburbs is not just a place outside of the city that's not rural but i mean places that don't have sidewalks where everyone's dependent on cars for everything and where i have to commute via car i'm not quitting my job which i like so anyway, the place we moved to would have to be pretty easy commute to New York, right? And we found a couple of places that we think would be interesting, and it's not even a suburb; it's just a different city that's not in New York City. Um, and you know, as much as I'd be sad not to be in New York City, I'm still going to be in my office a couple of days a week, so I'll be in New York City all the time. But I realized, what's the calculation, right? We want to have, and we're not going to lie about it. We want to have a nice place to live in, right? Um, whether you want to call that luxury or leisure or whatever. Um, I know this isn't very sympathetic for people who are struggling, and I'm not pretending that. Um, but we also want convenience, right? Um, we don't want to make our lives harder for the sake of, like, there's people who's like, oh, I bought a house in this place, and that's great, but then, like, your commute's, like, you know, two hours. And it's like, well, your life is worse. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. Um, convenience for me would be making sure I can still use public transportation without having to think too much about it. Because I don't want to have to drive places. Like if I if I choose to drive to a place, fine. And as my lease ends next year on my car, I would like to, we're going to try to go electric with it. So at least we won't be contributing to that issue ourselves. Um, but then the third thing, and I realize this was was a thing that's not said very often. So I want oh, it's important to think about blackness. I have a black son. He may or may not know that yet, but that's what he is. He's in a daycare where there, at least at the beginning, was a pretty diverse mix of group of people. There were a couple of Asian kids. There were a lot of Latin kids. Um, and uh, the proprietor is Chilean and all the other uh, women who work there are South American, Latin American. And... Um, so he picks up Spanish and that sort of thing. And I was just looking for the sake of looking around at the potential daycares in this place we're thinking about moving to. And like, there's some where like the description seems really nice and wonderful. And then you look at the staff and it's just eight middle-aged white ladies. And I'm just like, no! Because then if I in interrogate them about how they're going to deal with particular issues that are only going to come up for him as a black person, they're not going to have anything worthwhile to say. Right? Uh, and... You know, whatever building, you're not going to know who lives in your building and, oh, your building is diverse and then some people move out and then it's not diverse, right? Your building is not, is whatever. But, like, 
Um, that's part of the reason why we had to stay in the downtown. Not only do I want to be able to get to the train, but like most downtowns, you're going to see different people of different groups, right? You know, we don't want to get rural or secluded with it. Um, and we also want to make sure, like we're definitely sending him to public school because that's the only way he's going to be around other black kids. Even in this daycare he's in now, which we like a lot, it's home-based. We don't really like the center-based daycares because they're just not diverse at all. Um, we um, we just, he's not going to be around, even the place where we are now, he's the only black kid in my He's not the only kid of color, but he's the only black kid. I mean, it doesn't matter at this age. We show like his family's clearly not all white, but like my mom, my wife's family is very multiracial, right? Like there's a lot of different groups there, which I think is good. My my obviously my family's all black. Um, he's being exposed to that. We keep, you know, all the art in our apartment is usually sentimental stuff about our our lives and relationships. But as we move to a new place, potentially, we want to think about, um, you know, bringing in more African art, bringing in more Jamaican art because my wife's family's Jamaican. Um, and that sort of thing. And I, I, and I, I bring all this up because you're all just like, why are you listening to this? And just like, I don't think parents who aren't white, sorry, who are white, don't think, they don't have to think about this. They'll move to a place and they'll say, this is a good financial investment. They have great schools according to great schools, which is just racism, right? Um, they'll say, well, this, the crime is low according to the, the I don't want to say mainstream, like I'm Sarah Palin, but like the, the daily, the local news, which is also just racism. And they don't have to think about what their kids are going to be around, right? I have friends, and I mentioned them several times, and fuck them. But they move to a 94% white town because of these reasons, right? And this is people who used to live in New York City, and I guess they, they you know, crime, whatever, it's bullshit. But the point is, they, they move to this place because they think it's a better life for their kids and a good financial investment. But for me, even if I were to find a good financial investment in a different city or a different town, that quote-unquote financial investment, from day to day, he's not benefiting from that financial investment. From day to day, he needs to be around people who affirm him. And that doesn't mean that there can't be racism in any place. There's going to be racism everywhere. But like, I don't want to put him in a position where he's the only. You know, I don't want him to go through that the way that I do. Um, and I think it's it just, there's a little bit of research on it, but not too much. But that's why I put it in my book. That like being the only is hard. It is. It is not. It's not. They tell us that you should transcend your race and like get out of what the 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 race is is uh, is tied to. But then what? You go into a place where they you're the only, especially if he ends up being neurodivergent like I am. Not good. So it's just. I bring this up not to say that where we might move to is good or bad or whatever. I would obviously love to stay here, but like we just, we can't quite afford the life we want to have. And um, like we're fine, but like in the future. And uh, you know, I just think it's an issue that other parents don't have to think about is like, they'll move to a place and that's that. Like this is a good house, this is a good block. But they don't have to think about their child's identity, and I'm obviously there are parents of trans children and that sort of thing. But as far as race, they don't have to think about it. They can, like I, before I even consider looking at a place, I look up the demographics, you know. And part of the reason we're interested in leaving is because the neighborhood, like the city, obviously is one thing, but the neighborhood I live in is, is there's very few black people in this neighborhood, and um, didn't matter before we had a kid, so we just get on the subway and go somewhere. 
and I know myself, and she knows herself. But uh, we want him to be in a place where they don't have to all be black, but like, you know, we're gonna make sure he's connected to other black people because he is a black child, and that's important. And if you're listening to this and you have children or you're thinking about having children and you don't have to think about the racial makeup of places where you would live or work, well, then think about why you don't have to think about that. All right. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to go through the 28 people on the baseball Hall of Fame ballot in 2023. It's 2023 because they use the year that it would be inducted, not the year the ballot comes out, which is why it's November and people are listening to this in December. If you don't care about any of this, I'm sorry. Um, but there's interesting conversations about meritocracy and other issues. And how do you weigh? And I feel like at the beginning of election, when I'm Matthew Broderick, and he's like, ethics and morals. What is the difference between ethics and morals? <laughs> That changes the size of the triangle. And it's like morals. <laughs> anyway, uh, on the other side here is my friend Keith Stewart. Uh, we'll say hello to the folks. How's it going, everyone? Uh, good to be back on the podcast. You know, that was like almost two years ago. You know that? The first one. It, it was a while ago. It was back when I was promoted as a trivia host, which I was. But I was on hiatus because, for the most part, because of the pandemic, uh, I was able to come back to hosting trivia. And then, since then, I've moved to Seattle, and right now I'm not doing that at the moment. But I know you and I do a lot, do a lot of baseball chats, and this is a perfect uh, way to talk about the uh, Hall of Fame, which is definitely something that I follow a little closer when he's on Twitter. And it's like, oh, here's a new ballot and a new one. And whatnot. So this is a great podcast for us. So we're just going to read the names. I'm not going to give everybody statistics unless we're talking about them because we don't have nine years to do this. So mm-hmm. the returning people are Scott Rowland, Todd Helton, Billy Wagner, Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield, Alex Rodriguez, Jeff Kent, Ray Niren, Morris Kell, Andy Pettit, Jimmy Rollins, Bobby Abreu, Mark Burley, Tory Hunter, a lot of people. Fifteen, no, fourteen. It's actually yep. half half fraternities, half new people. Interesting. People who don't know, I'm not going to go too deep into it. You can be voted into the Hall of Fame for baseball after five years after your retirement. They don't put you on the ballot unless they think you are a significant person in the first place. And then people, mostly writers, get to vote, and you have to get seventy-five percent. Fine. Um, Anyway, the new people are Carlos Beltran, John Lackey, Derek Beaver, Toby Ellsbury, Matt Kane, Johnny Peralta, Jason Moore, David Hardy, Mike Napoli, Bronson Royo, Ari Vicky, Francisco Rodriguez, Andre Ethier, and Houston Street. So before we get into anyone's character, good people, bad people, and that's actually a criterion in the Hall of Fame, if you don't know that people, it said something about the character clause, which is left very vague, and people have been using it weirdly. But anyway, let's just go through the people and just knock off people who, regardless of their character, are even going to be considered just statistically, right? Yeah. Just, you know, let's try to get this down. Oh, and you can vote for up to 10 people. We're going to try to get to 10. That's right. So let's try to get this down. 
to 15, something like that. Let's go through it. Can we rule the person out is the question. Okay, so starting from the top. Rolling, no. No, no, can't rule him out. No. Helton, no. Agnes, no. No. Andrew, no. Deftiel, no. A-Rod, no. Hence, no. Manny, and then... I mean, I want to knock off this panel in the first place, but like, it's a, he's a person that has gotten in before statistically, even if I don't agree with his statistics, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Rollins, no. Break. All the returning people are worth having a short conversation. I mean, the people who, it's hard to stay on the ballot. Yeah. The people who return to the ballot, there's enough of, they have a, they have a good enough career to warrant them staying on the ballot. You have to get at least 5% of the votes for anyone who does not know. You have to get at least 5% of 400 people, basically. So you need, you need to basically have 20 votes in order to stay on the ballot or yeah, some, some, something like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, 20 votes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Basically 20 yeah. votes. To, so everyone who's been on the ballot who still, who is, who uh, was on a previous ballot is still on there. Every one of those people is at least worthy of an, Additional discussion beyond yes or no, are they relevant in terms of stats, in terms of how they played in the field? Right. So, and like, for example, to get to a second ballot, like, you can't just be good mm-hmm. in most people's opinion. Like, you've got to be great. I think That's you right. Just, I think you only have to be good and last a while to be on the ballot. Mm-hmm. There's some, some people who are not great. Yes. <laughs> But it's worth discussing a little bit more, but they they might not have the best career. Uh, but I, I give respect for these folks who are able to get the 20% to get 20 votes in these years where we've had so many guys on the ballot where you, not everyone can stay around. Like you think about names like Kenny Lofton, uh, Johan Santana and Posada Edmonds. Yeah. These are all names of really good players who didn't even get the second ballot. Uh, who personally, I would say, I would wouldn't mind he- seeing the names again and just kind of thinking about it, even as a thought exercise. Yes, but because the other committees are a whole other conversation that you can't even. That's exactly right. But the sports, but the Baseball Writers Association, they've felt deemed these people at least worthy of consideration another time. Um. And I think they're fair, at least when they, for the most, for the most part, at least to have a discussion on them, um, in a time where it's particularly hard to get ten names because there's so many. And now right. we've kind of, which is interesting because this year we kind of have a, maybe a bit of a lull, or at least yeah. enough of a lull where we have some considerations to consider. Each row next year, or each row the year after. Each row's coming. Uh, is coming. So Beltray's next year. Each row is the next the year after that because he played in Japan for like. One game. Remember, they had the like Japan series. Yeah, Joe, Joe Mowers next year as well. So is Chase Utley. Couple. That's, oh. Those are going to be interesting names. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've got yeah, after yeah. that. We have uh, CC. Yep. Majora is an interesting name, even though I. But we'll, we won't talk too much about going forward. But there's some bigger names coming up. I feel like as uh, you start to look at potential years. So yeah. This is actually an interesting year for people who are already on the ballot. Um, let's, let's go through the new people. We got to keep Beltran on there and have that conversation. Everyone else, absolutely. except for maybe one more person, I think can go. So I guess the, um, you know, John Lackey, 
He managed to win the World Series with three different teams. That's a good career. Yeah. Good career. It's a good career. He had a very good career. He's, he's a good career for a guy who was not, who never had the biggest, best stuff in terms of it. He wasn't like a guy who overpowered you, but he found a way to kind of do some stuff, do some uh, pitch, pitch effectively. And as you said, was on a, a, a few different winners, which is impressive. That's that's all I get for it, though. I sure. don't put it beyond that. I think Jared Bieber once led the league in strikeouts once, so that's good for him, I guess. Um, <laughs> Ellsbury definitely led the league in steals a couple of times. Uh, yes. And, and, well, know, Ellsbury was paid. Ellsbury was head of contract. That was he was worthy of the contract when he signed it for for. for uh, with when the Yankees signed him to a deal because he did have he was a top a top three MVP guy in his yeah. uh, in his in his best year, and it's just for him it's just unfortunate health did get in the way. Uh, I know it was a bit of a running joke for the Yankees when he was with the Yankees about oh he'll never play or something like that, but it was unfortunate a little bit in a way because he at his best he actually was a good enough player that maybe a few more of those years we have more of consideration for him, but alas. He literally just played four years of the deal, and then they just, they're just like, we don't want you anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just like, I'm tired of shit. Just, just go home. And yep. then I think Absolutely. in 2020, um, both he and Prince Fielder were the highest paid players because they were both retired. But they yep. got full salary in the last year of the deal. But everybody else got prorated, is my point. Yep, of course. <laughs> Match game. He threw his perfect game. Did he throw another no hitter or something like that? Uh, I'm not sure if he had a second no hitter. I remember. Um, he, Matt King has a really good career. Yeah. Like he was another guy who had a really good career for someone who we're not even going to consider after this. Um, a few Cy Young, a few uh, listing the Cy Young voting, as you said, had that perfect game. I don't remember if he had a second no hitter. I don't think he did. Uh, has a couple of World Series rings with the, uh, with the Giants. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of players you'd, ra- who, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot worse careers than Matt Cain. Um, yeah, he just got but, injured pretty, pretty young. That's really what happened, right? He just fell apart. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. He had a good career. He did, he had a good career. Maybe some places may have not been as, uh, maybe, like even when they were winning World Series, the Giants, he he wasn't even he wasn't really his war wasn't was still below five, so it wasn't necessarily as good. He actually his best year was 2009, which is an interesting rotation. If that case is, if you have Kane with 6.1, and then Linsa comes on that same rotation, winning his second Cy Young, but they weren't even I don't even think they sniffed the playoffs that year. Oh no, they did. I never I never mind. They were they were much better, much better record that year. It was uh, in 2009. Uh, just missed out a little bit. Okay. Let's go through a couple of these guys quick. Uh, nine years. Um, Johnny Peralta, I remember he just, he hit a lot later than I thought, but then he got popped for diagnosis. So, on every way, he's not, it's not going to happen. Jason Worth was mm-hmm. on the Phillies team that won. Good for him. Yep. Um, also was on those first Nats teams that were, that finally good. broke through with uh, Harper and Strasburg and, and all them. But yeah. not really long enough to make it to the World Series. And I remember someone I knew was a Nationals fan, and they had they, the Nationals had put out the hashtag "Worth Every Penny." <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! So it was it was a theme yeah. 
trying to promote the fact mm-hmm. that people were saying he was over me. And they were like, no, he's not. <laughs> he's uh, he's only uh, that hashtag only probably worked in Game Four of the NLDS when you hit that walk off home run against the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then they lost the next day, uh, and that's about it. <laughs> but yeah, he was he was good. Though. He really was good with the with the Phillies though. He was a very, uh, he's one of those key cogs on that team. So, uh, at that point in time where I have these where all these Phillies from uh, 2008 are. So we're getting more and more of them on the on the ballot. Yeah. So JJ Hardy, he was just annoying on the Orioles. Like he was just there and he was annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, McNapoli, he, I really thought he was going to end up with no no rings after the um, um, Rangers stuff. Yes. Then he found a way to that Boston team that that, yeah. that in in hindsight it at random Boston team. Yeah, which none, uh, none that, of that lasted except for Bogert. Yeah, uh, Bogert's. Well, you have the the end of Pop of Ortiz mm-hmm. and Pedroia because that's really around the because Pedroia was still had a big part in that team. Uh, we had Ellsbury too on that for them as well. They had um, they had Bogarts as you said, uh, the only one from that team that really stuck around. I get him and Bradley. I would say were the only two who was there five years later, and. After that, just a bunch of guys like Napoli's one of was obviously one of them was Shane Victorino and Johnny Gomes, all those, and they just in a four year period where they finished last place, three of them. This is the one year they didn't, and they won a World Series. It was it, very uh, annoying. <laughs> <laughs> very annoying. Um, Russell Royo, he he had a weird career. He's so good, like really old and just tired. Yep. Um, he was, he had, he had that, he had the Cy Young. Yep. The, the, the Dixter had that Cy Young year. Yeah. Um, also led the leading track at 5 to 1. And I just, yeah, he had one year when he was great. You know, um, mm-hmm. K-Rod, honestly, I would keep him on the Let's, let's, I want to hold off on K-Rod and I'll, cause, yeah. cause he, his he doesn't have so different than Wagner. I think it's worth kind of exploring a little bit with K Rod. If yeah. we if, if Wagner is at the point where he might really have a chance at this, he at least has a a, a, a half a fifty fifty shot. I think K Rod we have to think a little more realistic about and see what we really think about him. Yeah, and I'm not going to go to defense on the easier and Houston Street. I'm pretty sure they were teammates on the A's. Good for them. Um <laughs> It's, it's also really no one else except for Beltron that's that I think is worth getting past yes or no initially. So I think it's worth having another guy to at least have a thought on. So let's let's table K Rod. So here's the thing: we only have twelve people now, so this is not going to be that long of a conversation. Uh, yeah. I mean, we have we have we have sixteen people. We have sixteen people. Oh, sorry. If we, uh, I don't know why. Yeah. I said that. But I still think that there's some people that we can knock off here. You know what I'm saying? We could, once we get to that, once we get past, because Andre Ethier is not one of those guys. So no, that's, we're Andre, not bringing Ethier, we're not bringing Street. Yeah. Right. So let's start. We got 16 people, right? Which are, I'm going to go from real quick. Scott Rowland, Scott Helping, Billy Wagner, Andy Jones, Gary Sheffield, Ed Bowser, Rodriguez, Jeff Kent, Andrew Ramirez, Omar Vizcal, Andy Pettit, Jimmy Rollins, Dabby Abreu, Mark Gurley, Story Hunter, Carlos Beltran, and Francisco Rodriguez. If you have three people that you think are 
the worst before we even get into their personal issues. Just the worst players on that list. You think of three, I'll think of three. You get the, the worst three for snuff, so we can knock them off. Absolutely. So you think for like 10 seconds, this is going to be a great podcast audio, this style. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a, it's a great thought on, yeah, so just, uh, yes, this is a, this is a, uh, this is not a visual medium. <laughs> and even then, it's still not great visual just to see thinking. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with three where I'm just like, just statistically, before I think about anything else, I don't, it's not really fun for me. Okay. All right, you have people. I'm set. I honestly think that the worst player on that list is Jimmy Rowling. Not the worst career. I think he was great for like two years. No. Um, and I'm also saying that Tory Hunter, interesting, good player. I'm not really, really considering him. Like I'm actually surprised he's still there. <laughs> um, you know, and frankly, I guess that, um, I would say the same thing for, I don't really want to take him off the list because it's like just a conversation about all this stuff, but like the scale's not, not that good. <laughs> so like, but I, I, I know your point about Viscal. We can, let's, I'm going to keep Viscal just so we can have that discussion about Viscal. Okay. Um, because we do have a few others that I do think I, I agree with you on Tory Hunter. Unfortunately, I, 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 I like him. Uh, him and Hunter and Rollins, I actually do like personally, and mm-hmm. it's just unfortunate that they just don't, they just, they're just not as good at their positions. Well, just not, the aren't, not, aren't as good for it. Feel yeah. worse for Hunter because he didn't have the great moment that he didn't, like, Rollins has the MVP. Rollins has the World Series ring that, with the Phillies. His career is good. He's on TV still. He's on TV. Every year he gets to do postseason games. Uh, Troy Hunter, uh, unfortunate. The other one has to be Mark Burley. Mm. No, that's fine. I, yeah, yeah. No, I, no, that's fine. Like, you can, whatever case you want to, Andy he's Pettit's happy. slightly better version, is, is, is Andy Pettit's better version of Mark Burley. And, and, and has all the rings too. Yes. Burley he has one. the extra rings, those moments there. Mark Burley has the one. Which is and it was a good year for it was it was a it was a really good team that he won with, but he was just he really is the definition of a just a solid starter. You could a good a really good number three if at best, but he's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I'll I, go with those three. I'll go with those three. So that right. thirteen people. Now, of these people, we do not have to talk about the things. All right. We now have to talk about the things. So, All right. I think now is the time to talk about Viscal. This is the time for the Viscal conversation. So, Omar Viscal is um, someone who, when I was a kid, I remember him just being here. I thought he was so much better than he was. Like, like if you were thinking of just your memories, which I think some writers are, I mean, before all the stuff came out, mm-hmm. they're thinking this guy, I remember him being just so flashy with Alomar in the, the 90s. Alomar, also, wonderful human. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a great, it's a great infield they have there. Um, yeah. Anyway, 
the um the attitudes play so fucking long. <laughs> he's up, <laughs> he's up there. He's like this old bald man. <laughs> look like Mariana Rivera. I said Mariana Rivera. He's still getting people out. Like, like Mariana Rivera look like that too. Like like if you didn't see him, you'd be like, oh, here's this man who's just going to a, a construction job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so one of the things that's so I don't know if you've been no, I, I've started coming across on YouTube these. They, someone decided to put supercuts of all of these 1990s baseball series, uh, playoff series, and just what, have the the old Sports Center highlights of each game, basically the Sports Center recap of these games. And one of the reasons why I would say Vizquel would get a lot more attention than maybe someone in his position would get. Maybe we probably should have got or would get now is because they really made a point to show off the wedge jam- gems and things like that. It's like, oh, we got Vizquel here. He's gonna, he's gonna basically hoover any pitch that's to the right, that's to the, that's to the left of uh, second base. So it was, it was a big deal anytime with, with Vizquel and he hit, and unlike Arreo Dornas, who really could not hit at all, Vizquel at least wasn't, some was at least, um, at least competent at the plate. Uh, well, I mean, not as good as Ozzy Smith, but uh, st- someone who you can't, you don't feel embarrassed to have at the plate. He's like, he's just going to bunt him over like you would some other players. Yeah, I mean, like his his OPS plus his low was 82, but part yes. of that when he played, you know, he's got to hit like, you know, 1100 and shit like that, you know. He's on the same fucking ballot and team as Manny Ramirez. That's right. He found his way to get a six war in 1999. Anyway, he can go. Oh, but we didn't even say the things. I don't even know what the, all of the accusations are, but there's definitely, was it domestic abuse and then was like, use of like a young bad boy or some shit like that too? Yes, exactly. There's, 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 there, there are DV, um, allegations, the arrest, the, the abuse of a bad boy also. That's. I think that it, was, and the way baseball is, I feel like it was the bad boy one that made more people more pissed off. Mm-hmm. It's just seemed, at, so, the, the workplace aspect. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. At the time of this, at the time of this recording, you'll there'll be more ballots that have been publicly shared since then. But one of the first ballots that has gone out is one of the, the one of the writers wrote basically voted in Vizquel. And the thing about Omar Vizquel is, it's it, the 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 his off fields. Um, his, the things that he has done or has been accused of doing off the field are are much more reasons to pause. But he really is not have this, I, in my opinion, the the baseball call of fame to even to to to, to keep caping for him. The way I see it, like this is even like Schilling, who has some. Yeah, Schilling is the Hall of Fame. Who, who, statistical player. Talent. This is we're not even we're not even once you take out once you take out that he's. Probably not, and if it wasn't for this, I 
think he would have got the momentum to get there. And that's, and it's the, and realizing who he was off the field has been a, has stunted the, uh, the balloting. And as much as I like, as much as that might, some people might not feel like it's fair. It's sort of the right way for, so he is, doesn't have the, he's, he really is not good enough to be in the hall of fame. Yep. So another guy with the same thing going on is, uh, K-Raz. Uh, K-Raz mm-hmm. has some stuff, done some stuff. I, I think the first time it was like his father-in-law, so people were like, well, that's weird. Um, <laughs> but that, you know, that other stuff came out, but it's later, you know, more recently. K-Raz is more of, um, he's a unique figure. He has, still has an all-time single season stage record. Um, and mm-hmm. like, came out of the gate. Destroyed the Yankees in that postseason, maybe for several years afterwards. Played with the Mets and all that, but like, mm-hmm. you know, the piece wasn't quite as good, quite as long as Wagner. Like he pitched for it yep. longer, longer. I think he started early, but that's why he's early. Um, but he, he was just like a little bit worse than Wagner, and he's the worst at and this one as well. And as far as people, and all these one more thing about the characters, and it's like, if you don't just look at, like we talked about Tori Hunter and Jimmy Rowley, nothing's ever come out of that man. They seem like really good guys. You can't, I don't think, hit it when you don't deserve it from the parents for being mm-hmm. a good guy. If you are right on the line, sure. Kind of how I feel about like certain aspects of Sebastian, right? But, mm-hmm. uh, if you're, not close to being, you know, married. This is one of the only times where I think that married doctor is in his place. This, um, then it's not going to get you over the line. And depending on your misdeed, it can either take you a little bit out of the line or it can completely destroy it like they do with that circle. You know, I don't just tell about the voting, I'm talking about the way I feel about it. Like, mm-hmm. I think, like, you know, like if some of the things you're feeling are so bad, like, I don't really care how to And then, you know, so anyway, you were say. Um, so all I'll say about, about K-Rod is, we all remember him when he first came up, as you said, he was one of the, he's the main, one of the main reasons that the Angels won that World Series. Um, career was okay on the field. He's nowhere near good enough on the field to uh where 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 any where he where bad where his his um bad behavior is something to ignore at all. I don't think it's it really shouldn't be ignored in a lot of cases, but he really is not, as you said, on merits a Hall of Famer. He's I I wanted to mark him down just to give us a little extra because he is his his Career is not is better than like a Houston Street because Houston Street's like we don't even we don't even need to discuss Houston Street. He's not in. K. Rod at least has a little bit more that we can kind of think about, but he's similar to Vizquel. He's not on the merits good enough, and we have extra thing and we have extra reasons to say no to him. There you go. Okay. So that's actually ten now. I just want to read them again. I'm not saying that we're done. It is Scott Rowland, right. Todd Helton, Shelly Wagner, Andrew Jones, 
um, Gary Sheffield, Alex Rodriguez, Jeff Kent, Manny Ramirez, Andy Pettit, and Carlos we have Carlos, we, s- we still have a brave. Oh, Abreu and we have eleven guys. We have eleven on the ballot right now. Right. We've got rid of five. I mean, it's kind of Abreu, isn't it? <laughs> you mentioned that, like, I think Abreu. It has to be. It has to be Abreu at this point. He's the he is the eleventh guy on this list. Yeah, he, he had a really good career. He had a good. He had a really good career. He just happened to. He happened to play for the Phillies just before they won, and he happened to play for the Yankees. Just before they won, uh, so you have, don't have that. He, he played for the Mets. He had a lot of long before they won. Who they had? He had a lot of good years, but he ha- didn't have any great great years. So I guess we're this is he's he might be a t- in some ways could be a tough cut, but yeah, it's it's so, just it just can't I just can't. Uh, Go further with him in terms of the Hall of Fame, so he's he's definitely out of the ballot. And then, right now we're Kent. So then, here's my question: Like some of these guys, I don't have a ton to say. Yeah, good for them, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, to me, leave it as this. I'm not going to do that. I'm just saying. But there's a couple people to talk about. I'm just going to list everybody who, at least as far as I know, has like bad people things, depending on how you think of them. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you should listen to them, and some of them should like you or whatever. Right? Yeah. As far as I know. If you know other things, you can say it. So, don't have anything about Rowan. Um, Todd Hilton, he seems like he has drinking problems. But not drinking problems because he hurts people because he was like, you like, so like that. Not good. But mm. that's the thing. Um, Andrew Jones has some stuff. He's uh, throws some people. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. the thing. Gary Sheffield has being a jerk. Like, he's a jerk. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, the stuff that's alleged about him is, is jerk. Um, I think people know about A-Rod. He did a lot of stuff, but not to people. Yeah. It was to himself. Um, uh, there's no one who's done more stuff to himself in a in these weird ways than A-Rod on this list. He's, uh, he's an awkward guy. He's an awkward guy. Yeah, yeah Alex Rodriguez. Jeff Kent is uh, another sort of jerk guy, but, like, when you realize that the person who hated him the most was Bonds, and, like, Bonds is kind of worse, you're just like, oh, not that nice, but he wasn't all. <laughs> uh, Manny, Manny Ramirez has some stuff. You know, he's got, he's got some of that stuff. Um, Andy Pettit had the same issues as A-Rod on a smaller scale. I don't, what are you saying? Like, if you took this many milligrams, you're in, if you took this many, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. um, and that leaves Beltran, who has, he got to stop. <laughs> Beltran was apparently the ringleader of the Astros feeding thing in 2017. Cost him his job. It's not costing his association with baseball. It's like me, right? It's on TV. Um, but that was bad. Don't do that. <laughs> Especially considering that, like, we had, we had let him go and then they used it to beat us. So it's like, my dude. Cause I, this, 
but he clearly wanted nothing more than win the World Series. He was terrible that year. He knew it was over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he retired immediately after that. Okay. Sorry, it's like it is one, and it's like sell off like John Elway. Yeah. So honestly, I think he had a great career, but I don't. I don't. At least right now, like I don't think he should should be voted for. Like that was bad. Don't do that. <laughs> I. I mean, I. There's a school of thought with the Hall of Fame that your Hall of Famer, whether it's the first year or the last year or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I actually do think being a first ballot guy matters versus just being a Hall of Famer. I think there is – we don't have actual tiers in the Hall of Fame. The only tier I can think of for a Hall of Fame is are you a first ballot Hall of Famer or are you a Hall of Famer that we needed to think about a little bit. And I think what Beltron did – in terms of the Astros sign-stealing, should knock him out of being a first-bout Hall of Famer. But I don't think it's enough for him to not be a Hall of Famer at some point. So for this year, I would, not, I would not vote for him. I would protest vote him this year. I would protest and vote and not vote for him this year. And then next year, it's like, all right. Uh, all right, fine. Now, you, you don't get to have the honor of being a first-ballot Hall of Famer like other the, the greatest of the greats, so we're gonna now now you can we'll put you in. I think that's that's the way I I would think about it with Beltron, um, because it's not like it was him do. He, I don't he what he did in this what he had a big role in it, but it's it was definitely an organization from top to bottom that decided we're going to do this, and he they could have someone else could have been Beltron in this case he. So I don't think it should cost him the Hall of Fame forever, but I do. I wouldn't give him this year. Yeah. So now, like, we gotta have the, the Andy conversation. Yes. Just do you vote for him or not? Because, like, you know, a bit clear in terms of ethics and morals. Like, I think that. What's a weird thing is that the baseball stuff is usually like purely an ethical thing. Like, I don't really mm-hmm. think it's immoral to take steroids. It's not, but it's because it's, you're cheating a game. Like, the, mm-hmm. you break a rule, you win. Right. Um, but like, the whole, like, you're not, you're not removed by the sex stuff. You should, seems like a bad idea, but, you know, who am I to judge, right? Um, but, then, the Beltran thing is like an ethical thing that's also like a moral thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, back to Andy. You know. Well, the question, the other question with Andy here is it's not the exact arguments that we made with Vizquel and Rodriguez because but their their, their, their lapses in, in morality are to person to person in a sense, harming others directly. Andy Pettit's lapse in morality is within the game's rules, basically. Um, the question, though, for Andy, though, is that it comes also down to, is he good enough to be a Hall of Famer? And he, he, he's, he's played for the Yankees, and he has four World Series for the Yankees, and he played another one with Houston. Uh, could have easily, could have had a year 96 where he almost won a Cy Young. 
but is he really a Hall of Famer, or did he just happen to be in a lot of big games because he was on a team that played big games? Um, it's a, it's a similar to the Jack Morris question. He wasn't even that good in the past. He had some big games. He had some terrible games, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, That's right. That, that kick in that Arizona series. Just destroyed in both games, too, and six. He, yeah. he got, he got clobbered in both of those games. Uh, now, yeah, as well as, now, the, the, what it was said was he was pipping pitches, uh, but he got clobbered in those games. Even 98, he wasn't at his complete best. He still had, like, they, one of the reasons they, he did not get to go. I don't know if he would have pitched a game seven if they had to face Cleveland, but one of the reasons that K, that El Duque ended up starting games because they didn't, Pettit wasn't as reliable in that year. He got hit. Tomei hit him pretty pretty hard, and a few other guys. He was not at his best, so he has a maybe a little outsized um, reputation in the postseason. So he's going to win a lot of games because he's been in a lot of games. Uh, and I know 03, he was really good because every time the Yankees needed a, a, someone to stop a losing streak, he was usually there to do it. And this guy in '96, of course, he has the one nothing win over. Uh, the bit uh, over Smoltz in the game five of that World Series, but I'm I've never really thought he was a Hall of Famer player. And if you look at we mentioned Burley, we threw out Burley much quicker than Pettit, but Pettit has a little bit has but Pettit has the WAR for Pettit and Burley are very comparable. Burley's got a little bit better of a WAR seven. The Jaws for Pettit versus Mark Burley, it's got a worse one by about two points. Just or they're they're just about even, yeah. Which is still fourteen points below the average Jaws rating. Yeah, um, this is a statistic that values people against the average player who's in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And I I I look at it for Pettit. It's more of a on the field performance than him being embroiled in. With in with uh, PDs because yeah. it's just I don't I, I can't he's throw I can't put him over. Yeah, he's not. He pitched for a while, but it wasn't so long, and mm-hmm. he was good. But he wasn't so good except for like '96 and '03, and then that year he was taking each two days. these three super old guys. They're <laughs> so good. I, I will I will note though one thing I will note with Pettit if you want to argue that if Jack Morris in the Hall of Fame and Pettit should be in the Hall of Fame I could probably you you can convince me of that one but when the, flag, for the purpose the of this I'm saying he should not be that's why Jack Morris should be in the Hall of Fame <laughs> yep well he's he gets to be ninth on the list right now uh, on, on, on my ballot and I think on yours as well and part of it is be, means that if you wanted to check him, we can check him, but he's definitely behind most of these other guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm knocking off, um, like, I hope he gets help, but I'm not going to express myself about helping you. I let the man, um, you know, and I'm, like I said, solid with Roland. I haven't heard a single thing and he deserves it. Mm-hmm. So good for him. Billy Wagner, I think. It's an interesting conversation, but he's a guy who's kind of borderline, and from what I've heard, he had a really tough life, and he's actually a really good person. So he's a person where I'm just like, all right, 
you know? Um, I'm not gonna get up in arms about it if we have space. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I feel like there's no reason to, there's, I would probably, and I would agree with you, I would vote for these three, uh, partly because I don't have a reason not to vote for them. They've had good careers. They've, and I, and, and it's not fun just saying no to people. I, I, that's the thing about the baseball thing. They let, there's voters who just love to just not vote for it. The people vote for nobody. There's, there's, there are folks who are, uh, a, a, we should be remembering. And sometimes I'm okay with a little more, a few more folks that are some of the borderline folks I can go either way with sometimes and I might go lean more. Yes. Um, Roland and Halton, I'm I'm absolutely okay with, and they'll probably they, they I actually think we'll see them this year, because um, when you hear this, they will not be announcing the vote yet. They'll still keep people voting at that time. Um, those two yeah, I, I think, think should be on think, their way to making it. I think Roland will be, and I think maybe Halton will probably next, just numbers wise. And I think Halton and Wagner will both be next year. The next couple of guys we're going to talk about are. I'm gonna not take it, but I'm I would vote for Sheffield and Kent. Seemed like not very good guys. There's no real stuff. There was a vague that Balco thing about Sheffield, but like, eh. mm-hmm. and you know, I got no problem with those. They're not gonna make it. They're at the end of their time almost. But mm-hmm. you know, all right. To me, I don't this want is the big year over. for Sheffield. This this is the big year for Sheffield because we true. have like forty percent. He gets like if he can jump up. That's true. Exactly. If he, yeah, because fifty-five. I think fifty-five percent is the number. That's what Larry Walker had when he and he needed to jump up twenty percentage points. Sheffield needs to get over five fifty percent, and this is the first time he gets to do it on a ballot where he doesn't have like he's not immediately sixth or seventh on people's minds. Mm-hmm. So and, this, is a, this is a good chance. We'll see Kent on the committee soon. Yeah, we will. Unfortunately for Ken, it's just a couple of years too. He's getting this moment of of clear of 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 the, of the ballot finally clearing a little too late. Yep. But I'm I'm also not as impressed with his career as much yeah. as people people love his career. He's had some good years, but he's. he's I know he's like a base harder. You know, I think he was a butcher defensively. I think he was not a good defensive second baseman, and he just he got he didn't. Start hitting until he was old, you know. He had a great 30s, but he just didn't have a great 20s. Mm-hmm. And that can be fine if you're like Randy Johnson, but then you just yeah. like <laughs> you got to it'll be a lot better. Yep. Uh, but I mean, know. if he did it, if he was if he was as good as he was with the Giants as with the Mets, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Although he might have stayed with the Mets for <laughs> for for those years, but to me, to me, the only remaining conversations then are just. There's are what Manny and A-Rod did bad enough to keep them out. Yes. Fair question. You know, and these are very different things. You know, there has never been a single sniff of an allegation of violence from A-Rod. I'm not saying you got to like the guy. From the list. Um, but we also know he did a whole lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that there is a little bit of a tenor of a difference between various cheating things, which again, I don't particularly care about. Um, 
fact that he's like he was like planning it with the biogenesis. Like if it had just been the stuff from a couple of years before, I don't think I would care that much. Uh, but like the biogenesis thing was a lot. And then with Manny, I also forgot he got top steroids too. So honestly, I don't think the conversation with Manny is really all that. He did stuff to people and he's the steroid stuff. It's like, well, all right, dude, you can hit it, but <laughs> I'm just making my And I forgot that that's how his career ended. Well, both their careers ended sort of in, in a whimper. Well, yeah, but A-Rod got to play. A-Rod just got to play with the Yankees and then it's like, all right, I'm retired with the Yankees. Now I'll just do, I'll be on the, I'll, I'll call all the games to be on the, I'll be on ESPN and Fox, do all the games there. Manny gets kind of receded completely into like random minor league team. Yeah, he's playing in China and shit like that. Yeah, Manny was such, Manny, there has never been a hit of the center back or as a decade when he can. Even Ortiz, maybe Ortiz in the playoffs, he did something like even aim. But he was Cleveland, then he went to Boston. I was like, oh no. And that was right. To say, oh no. Yes, you were. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Because <laughs> he was just like, just this fucking monster. Like, he's a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 just like, it was, it was a monster who got, who played, who, 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 who tamed the monster, basically. Yeah. You know, like, I think on pure offensive stuff, like, one of the five or ten best right hand hitters ever played. Truly. I, Yep, and it comes down to I think when it comes down to I think it'd be different if I when it comes to A Rod and Manny and many of these PD guys who've put up big numbers I, I the the way I've see, I personally have come down on is if they get banned from baseball if they if they did enough times where they are banished for life. And I disqualify him the same way that Pete Rose disqualified for the Hall of Fame because he's banned for base for life. Um, and we don't want to get too much to Pete Rose because it's, it's a lot with Pete Rose, and he's yeah. not on the ballot, and he can't be on the ballot because he's banned. So it's simple enough. He's not eligible for it. We we, we don't talk. We don't. There's no discussion. We don't. Aaron and Randy were Rose Rose. But, uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Manny and A-Rod particularly both have are are they obviously have they have been suspended. They've both been suspended twice. Uh and I I just I'm not willing to just I, I think it's a it's if they're suspended for baseball related reasons. I know that there are voters who will not vote for them because they got they're 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 the voters who will who completely rule you out if you've done any sort of PD. There are the voters, that's why, which is why there's enough of them, which was why Bonds and Clemens uh, aren't in. Uh, Sosa never even sniffed being in. If there are the voters, though, who would vote for pre-testing players in the sense of if they've been, since the MLB testing program fully began in 2004, if you did it beforehand, they might be like, okay, they, they they didn't really take it seriously. We won't fully punish you for it or 
whatnot, which is why Bonds and Clemens had over 60% of the vote when they were finished with it. Uh, and but we're going to punish you if you post so forth. Like, these are the rules. If you fail a test, you're going to get these suspensions, and that is enough to squall you. I don't personally think A-Rod and Ramirez are completely disqualifying for the Hall of Fame, and I probably would vote for both of them. I mean, it's the situation where I feel like it isn't about Andy and Aaron. He says it was, you know, personal mm-hmm. stuff. You know, like off the field stuff. Um, I think that Aaron's steroid kind of words, but like I said for you, like, uh, I feel good. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, but you got time. You know, and that's my theory on this, by the way, is that even far from these guys who got physically huge. Like, I still think everything that steroids matter to do is really amazing. Like, I think that that's what it is. In some ways, because of not injury prevention, but things like, you can't get as big as Bonds was without mm. taking that stuff, unless you, yeah. you're just gonna hurt yourself. Your body's not supposed to be like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, so I think that when, before he was taking it, not that he was, he couldn't get that big, is that he knew if he sat there and tried to get that big, he'd like blow out of something on. You know? So. Yeah. Um, so it's the same thing like the A-Rod, like people were so amazed when in 2015 he had one last year after the season, when he was like good. You know, he had like 870 OPS that year. Um, and people are like, well, he wasn't taking it. Like, no, after they pop you, like, they test you all the time. Um, doesn't mean that you can't beat it, but like, like, that's why you get the repeat sessions a lot of the time. Um, and, I think it's because you did not play baseball for a year before that. He's <laughs> doing <human> refuge. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like a lot of the stuff's probably cleared up. You know, the stiff that was in his like, hips and all that, and I'm sure that the diagnosis thing was because his hip was messed up and he was trying to fix it. So yeah, you know, for me, the only question is, Andy, like, would I do it because of personal stuff or, or just the fact that I know he was that good? Like, I'm making some moral sport to me. Man, it's the, the real question is to sort of close out this whole conversation. Like, mm-hmm. the people who are statistically barred on, right? Although Manny, because of his defense, isn't as physically, but I don't put as much stock in defense for a pitch like that. Um, <laughs> you know, what, what, what could they do, right? Like, the people are like killing three or something, right? Like, you're not like, well, that's a good qualification. But like, <laughs> you know, like, dang, so this is like, 42 bads, and that would be 900 bads, right? You know, like how, how much, and, and would you put that number into the formula for the statistics? Say, well, the statistics went down by this, right? It's just really hard. Yeah. You know, because I'm saying that like, I say I say I vote for them, but am I saying that something else came out without a 900 score? You know? It's a challenge. It's a challenge. Um, but then, it's all moot because I think I still would vote for Don's and he's got to stop. And yep. That, but is there a difference between Hall of Fame and the way I think about like awards and movies, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, if someone's done stuff and I'm like, no, they shouldn't give this bad person an award. But for some reason, 
I don't think of the Hall of Fame quite as quote unquote sacred as that, despite the fact that it is an award. <laughs> Can we give up and they give a speech? It's exactly the same thing. I think because it's not one, like I don't watch it on TV, but I think it's differently than like the Amazon stuff. You know? Well, I just thought about it with sports in general, just how we, um, where do we draw a line when it comes to morality in terms of players and things they do? And we just do it in general. We do it with players that are on our team, on their, on other teams. It's easy to point another team who signs a guy, who signs someone who's committed crimes against other people, um, which happens a lot, particularly in football. Uh, but baseball has a lot of this too. And then, then, and then when your team signs them, you kind of, you, you then have your own internal, uh, uh, about cheering for the team, it's in ge- team in general or the player. Uh, as Yankee fans, we could speak on like Aroldis Chapman for that for that matter. The thing I will note about Hall of Fame, especially in baseball, baseball it's National Hall of Fame and Museum, and one of the arguments that the writers who didn't vote for players who who were taught linked to uh, PEDs. Um, we'll say some, I've heard the argument, maybe not from a specific writer, but some, there's been some sort of argument of the player may not be honored in the Hall of Fame, but their accomplishments are there. They're not, they're not like the home run, the ball that like broke a home run record is in there or something to that effect. So the, so the things that happened happened and they're not being, they're they're still being discussed as this is an important person in the game for, whether whether good or bad, this is what happened. So I wonder if that argument ends up happening when it comes to players. They get the one day of the of the one day where they get inducted to kind of have a speech and things like that. And after that, you don't really think about the players that are in there all that much afterwards. But I think that's it. Like, they're just old. You, you don't, so like, you went Oscar, you still work. So, you still have to see him. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, right. have to, I don't have to pay attention to fucking first level if I don't want to. That's right. If you go to the Baseball Hall of Fame, and also, let's say, someone who's uh, produced a piece of art uh, from someone who's problematic, who's Woody Allen is a great example. You decide to watch a Woody Allen movie or whether Netflix or you rent one on Amazon Prime and spend money toward it and he's still alive. He can still benefit uh, monetarily from your support of him if he somehow is making a movie. I don't know if he's – probably isn't still making movies. I don't know who would give him the uh, ability to do that. But if anyone's doing that with him and supporting supporting basically money in his pocket is someone who's doing that. It's why it's easier for an artist who's passed away to kind of like, well, maybe to revisit after they pass away because they're not benefiting directly. It's a little different with the Hall of Fame because at least with the Hall of Fame, you get they get that one day, and that one day might be a, a day that you may want to see. Maybe, well, let's say maybe do. Most of you probably don't want to see that day. But beyond that, there's no financial benefit specifically for being there. 
You don't go to the Hall of Fame and the money and players get paid for it. Yeah. The counter yeah. argument. The counter argument, though, is that the most of these Hall of Famers do make money off of signing their their name as autographs, and so it makes a little more money if you say Hall of Famer so and so versus just so and so. Yeah. Well, it's hard to figure out. So I'll just read the names again, and then I have to go. Um, interesting discussion, though. I think we got a good list here. So we got Roland, Helton, yes. yep. Wagner. Um, we didn't even talk about Andrew, but. <laughs> Andrew Jones is, right, I think, me, the most. Yeah, we'll, go, we'll, we'll, we'll finish with him, but yeah. Right. Sorry. Roland, Helton, Wagner, Sheffield, A-Rod, Kent, and Nick. That's seven. And then there's yes. Andrew, where he's, you know, he's basically a not as good version. Like, it's the same conversation we had about Manchester, he's not as good. Mm-hmm. He's just not, like, he just, he, 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 he just, he just didn't last. I mean, it's really what it is. Like, he was just done in terms of 29. And like, that doesn't work almost ever. Regardless of the allegation. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's even, um, below the jaw standard. So. He is below the he, jaw standard. Um, not as far below as some of these other guys. Like, all my scale is like 20 points below the jaw standard. <laughs> so that's, that's a, that's a country mile. No, he's not super far behind, but like, it's the thing, like, what you got allegations and you're behind the thing, that I'm not going to worry about you that much. Mm-hmm. That's right. But he has and, and, Jim Ed- so. and, and Jim Edmonds is another great defensive center, field, center fielder, and he's not even sniffing the ballot. Or Kenny Lofton. No, there's Kenny Lofton, another guy, another, who, who would, my, my eyes was a much bigger threat in, we really should have not let Kenny Lofton get out of the way so quickly. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do it again because I failed. Um, so, Roland, Helton, Wagner, Sheffield, Rodriguez, Kenton, Ramirez. Okay. So seven. Yeah, which is the lowest we've done in a while. It's the first uh, time in a while we really don't have, like, an obvious we should be voting ten every single time. Yeah. So. It'll be interesting when I see ballots, when, when we see ballots from other uh, writers and they go less than 10, they, for a good five year, five, five, ten years, we've been like, why are you going short? There's no need to go short. And this year it's like, you, I can see why you go short. Yep. Alright then, thanks for talking about it with me and hope folks didn't, if there's anyone still listening to this. Uh, so we've done it with the time, but I think we can just need to talk about these issues. We tie on the art, the artist thing, or athletes and so forth. And, you know, it's, uh, really interesting. Well, thanks for having me back on. Uh, enjoy being on the, sh- on the podcast and we'll hope to talk more, uh, at some point. You know, two years from now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>